Hello, hello everyone. My name is Nyla and I want to thank you for, of course, tuning in. You're listening to Greener Thoughts. It's the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, proactive ways you can protect our planet and more. This episode topic is all about how world renewable energy most benefits countries with high CO2 levels. Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. Please be sure to favorite Greener Thoughts, review Greener Thoughts, and also share Greener Thoughts. All of these actions and things will, of course, share what Greener Thoughts is. And so if you want to, you can send a voice message by going to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts podcast forward slash message. Or you can send your email to Podcast at gmail.com. So I do have a few really important episode announcements and one of them being um, that it is World AIDS Day, so it's always de- December 1st annually, and so World AIDS Day is designated on December 1st every year, and it's been like that since 1988, and so it's an international day dedicated to, of course, raising awareness of the AIDS epidemic um, caused by the spread of HIV infection and uh, mourning those who, of course, died of the disease. So if you want to learn more, um, one of the sites that you can visit, among many, um, is worldaidsday.org. A number two announcement I want to talk about is some of the results of uh, the first Green of Thoughts Anniversary Celebration Prize giveaway that I had all November long. Um, so I didn't have any entries, even though some were promised. I just want to, you know, make that clear, even though, um, I didn't have, uh, really, you know, any entries. I am excited because I did try and promote, um, the giveaway as best I could. I did a lot of emails. In fact, I did over 400 emails and I spent, um, like one to two days doing that two days doing that um and then i i issued um 50 uh anchor uh voice messages tried trying to promote the giveaway and i got um some responses some email responses and everything so i want to thank all those who did respond um you know saying maybe that they would um participate maybe lost track of time um again i did um, do the segmented portion explaining the giveaway briefly in about a one minute 20 second clip and so I did that in each um, November 2019 episode and um, there's some more positive news um, you know with the emails that I did um, put out and send in the two days um, it was the week um, before I think the giveaway ended I received a, a small portion of emails from um, the different environmental organizations and also state environmental agencies that I contacted and so I want to give them some recognition. So I want to thank Ms. Jones of the uh, Maryland Department of the Environment. You know, congrats to my home state. Um, also Ms. Uh, D. Nicola 
of the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, DEP. I also want to thank Mr. Nielsen, uh, the special assistant to the commissioner, and he's also media relations coordinator for the Department of Natural Resources of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And I also want to thank um, some really cool um, environmental organizations as well. I want to thank the team at Climate Reality for wanting to pass on the message of my giveaway to their team and staff. Also, Mr. Wick, um, membership uh, department head and the senior public um, education associate at the National Resources Defense Council, uh, the NRDC. And I also want to thank Ms. Browd, um, executive director of the Toxics. Uh, Action Center, and then lastly, Ms. Hammond and Mr. Green Jr., uh, the two members uh, from the group um, I emailed uh, from the uh, Maryland Conservation Council. So I want to thank all of them for responding to my uh, giveaway email and for supporting Greener Thoughts. It really means a lot, so thank you. Next is our uh, segment, and it is amazing. It's, of course, in other news. It's just a quick dose of what's happening in today's world. So the first headline is all about offshore wind. So offshore wind has the potential to fulfill global electricity demand 18 times over. You can learn more about that news story on ENN.com, a.k.a. Environmental News Network. So unsurprisingly, but amazingly, offshore wind has the potential to generate more than 420,000 terawatt hours of electricity per year, so each year. And this data comes from the International uh, Energy Agency, IEA, uh, in its recent report that it did, and it's entitled Offshore Wind Outlook 2019. And the global offshore wind industry has grown significantly um, a long time. So since uh, 2010, it's grown nearly 30% a year. And 150 new uh, offshore uh, projects are currently in development around the world. The second headline is all about um, an incident that happened recently. It's, it's pretty sad. So two hikers fall to their death in uh, Utah's Arches National Park. That story was from the um, Huffington Post, AKA Huff Post in the environment section. So three people um, were involved in this incident, two of them being one man and one woman, uh, both of them in their 60s. Uh, the man is 65 years and the woman is 60 years old respectively. They both died from a fall into the lower bowl area next to the iconic arch. And then the third person, he was a California, Californian man, um, and he was, you know, um, a little bit younger. He was about 30 years old, though, but he, uh, he fell, though he was only injured, and he was airlifted to Moab um, Regional Hospital, and all three of them were reported to be related. Now, some... Uh, fact or historical part uh, towards this uh, national park and about it is that 
it's really interesting because it's a 46 foot tall delicate arch and it's the largest freestanding arch and the most widely known um, of the 2000 arches in the uh, park. So it draws a ton of people each year, a ton of visitors, about 1.5 million every single year. And Delicate Arch is uh, also one of the three main arches featured on Utah license plates. The third and last headline is all about humans and a little bit of diseases. So humans co-evolved with immune-related diseases and it's still happening. You can find out more about this news on ScienceDaily.com uh, in the Science News section. So as far as the study, it was actually a research review that was published in November 2019 in the journal uh, Trends in Immunology. And so the researchers describe how ancestral origins impact the likelihood that people of African or Eurasian descent might uh, be able to develop immune-related diseases. So that's pretty cool. These authors uh, also uh, were sharing evidence that the human immune system is, of course, still evolving depending on a person's location uh, and also lifestyle. And also uh, things like um, low humidity and low precipitation uh, where they live. So if they live in a high uh, temperature environment and also things like changes um, to how carbon is released uh, around fire, things of that sort. And so the senior uh, author and also the main researchers, they compiled all types of data um, from different genetics of people, uh, immunology, uh, microbiology, and uh, virology studies. And they identified um, how the, uh, the DNA from those people um, within different communities commonly infected um, with bacterial or viral diseases was altered and subsequently allowing for uh, things like inflammation. So if you are into microbiology, immunology, the research is from Rod Bald uh, University uh, and the Rod Bald Institute for Molecular Life Science in the Netherlands, so it's some international research there. And so I will leave the research link in the show notes. Now the information and news from um, this a piece for the podcast episode comes mainly from ScienceDaily.com in the Science News section. So, you know, now that some of the biggest holiday events have passed and, of course, more are to come, um, I think this is the perfect time to sort of discuss the planetary uh, impacts of what we've bought and what we've made uh, for ourselves this season. So, the type of air pollutants, emissions, energy, waste, and other types of factors are really important to talk about. And with all the, you know, commerce and consumerism that's been done, um, and it's going to be also, uh, there's more to it uh, for the holiday season coming up um, for December, I wanted to kind of switch the focus and discuss how important renewable energy is, um, especially to these companies and how they're willing to maybe shift their impact on the planet especially if we are uh, buying into their, their, their model of how they do things, supporting them with their 
um, you know, different things that they produce, you know, these companies make and manufacture and, and have different products, you know, the location of their factories, all these things are really connected to us. And so if we are uh, patronizing their businesses, I think we should know how they're impacting our planet, especially on the energy level and how they're producing and, and making different products and how they are just impacting our planet um, just on the level that we can sort of um, understand and learn more about. So with the first uh, portion, I want to just get into the title here. So I just called it the benefits of renewable energy outweigh the costs. And I think we'll see that more uh, from what we'll learn from the research. So I want to first start off with an overview of the renewable energy research and then some uh, benefits that were uh, measured uh, as it relates to renewable energy and then why this research is so important and so on. So using existing data on a country level um, electricity generation and also uh, um, as regards to land transportation, researchers developed a set of simple to implement and also user-friendly uh, metrics to do one important thing. They want to evaluate the benefits that investments in renewable electricity generation and improvements in land transportation can make uh, towards reducing CO2 and also air pollutant emissions and also they were in, uh, really uh, looking to understand the health impacts of, hair, of uh, air pollution. So the researchers, uh, they went ahead and applied those metrics to a set of renewable um, electricity companies and they found meaningful differences in their progress towards uh, SDGs um, on health, energy, and climate. Now, as far as SDGs, there's more about that in the research, which I'll get into later, and I'll leave, of course, the link in the show notes. So the researchers were from uh, Harvard Sea Change, and they found that under half, so under 50% of the renewable energy companies in the data set uh, disclose country-level data on where equipment is being sold. So only half of the companies talk about where the countries uh, that they talk about where their equipment is as it relates to these energy um, renewable energy companies. And also, uh, there's a sub substantial variability in the CO2 reductions in these countries. And the health benefits of renewable energy uh, is based on where these companies have installed uh, the capacity of that equipment. So next, I'm going to talk about uh, quickly the benefits measurement of renewable energy, because that's a really exciting part, especially with the breakdown in, in the different countries. So the researchers measured two types of benefits. Really cool. They studied first the climate benefits, so your you know standard reductions in uh, carbon emissions, and they also went about uh, measuring the health benefits. So the decreased uh, mortality uh, attributable to harmful air pollution. Really fascinating stuff. And these researchers they found that with the climate benefits. Um, those are greatest in countries where um, the electrical grid is largely powered uh, by coal uh, with less efficient plants. So countries like Mongolia, uh, Botswana, Estonia, 
um, Iraq and also um, Australia. And then um, health benefits were prevalent and were greatest in countries with higher uh, populations of people. So higher swaths and groups of people uh, where these uh, people were living um, south or downwind of uh, emission sources. So these places were like Myanmar, um, Bangladesh, Ethiopia, um, India, and also large parts of uh, Eastern Europe. Now, why is this research so important? Amongst many ways that it proves itself to be important, I think one of them is, as the research suggested, um, that it can be used as a framework um, to uh, help policymakers and investors, you know, try to reach really, really uh, high uh, sustainable uh, developmental goals, um, of course, that the UN has set in 2015. This research could really help with that. It's really concentrated. Um, it's really, really in-depth. And so I studied it. And so, you know, this data from, um, you know, what we've researched, what we've seen, it's it can be part, and I think it's part of a larger series just meant to help, you know, investors really take actionable steps and meaningful steps um, towards, uh, you know, climate action through their investments in these companies, through the bigger picture. So, you know, this is really driving a shift or could drive a shift in uh, climate change, you know, with these given data points and tools, it could really, really help them. And some of the goals of the methodology um, were pretty simple, and so I want to go into those briefly. So some of the goals of the methodology were to first combine available data on company uh, activity with earth system and also public health science. So the intersectionality um, of bringing all that together, the company aspect and the data, what the earth systems in these countries look like, and also the public health uh, data as well. Also, um, they also wanted to see the methodology be compatible with different uh, types of data and a geographical resolution of publicly disclosed corporate data. So having uh, data that they gathered at the geographical level, uh, also at the corporate uh, level with the publicly disclosed data, having that be available and having that be linked together. And then uh, another uh, goal of the methodology in this research was to advance this methodology, have it go further and have it uh, measure the impact of financial investments uh, maybe in the future. And then uh, last but not least, for this to be uh, transparent and verifiable and replicable, maybe on a bigger scale. So I want to resolve with some conclusions and some summaries of the research and uh, close a little bit later with some notable quotables. So. As far as um, a conclusion to this research, the countries with the higher carbon dioxide CO2 emissions um, and also those with a lot of air pollution, like countries that we talked about, like India, like China, and areas in Southeast Asia, and also Eastern Europe, uh, they will, of course, achieve greater climate and health benefits uh, per megawatt. So uh, megawatt WM or MW, um, of renewable energy installed 
than uh, those countries operating in areas such as North America, Brazil, and parts of Europe. So the countries that I mentioned first, they'll benefit a bit more because of the renewable energy and because of what they produce in their CO2 emissions out versus countries and regions like um, or continents like um, North America, countries like Brazil, and countries um, in parts of Europe. So as far as improvements to the methodology, the researchers, they did believe there were three um, important things amongst other um, improvements to the methodology. Um, one of the improvements that could be really important is to implement um, explicit tracking of air pollution from sources uh, to the locations where it was um, to have eventual health impacts. So, you know, following the trail of where the wind is going and how it's affecting people, where it's going and where it will eventually uh, lead to. And then secondly, um, they wanted to also update um, the underlying data set, so have that continual uh, update. And then uh, third is um, that they wanted to improve the degree of data um, in emissions inventories. So as far as some notable quotables, lastly, the uh, first quote is from the lead author, Jonathan Bruanacore, the, uh, res the research associate at uh, Harvard Sea Change. He says, quote, the, this new global model allows us to estimate benefits from renewables at the country level, both from reducing greenhouse gas emissions and including the massive health benefits achieved from reductions in air pollution. That hasn't been done before in the sustainable investment world, end quote. And he also quotes, quote, for example, the results show that a wind turbine or solar panel can save 30 times more lives if it is placed in India, where air pollution is often a major public health issue, than if that same turbine or panel is placed in the U.S. and climate benefits will be about twice as high, end quote. Then lastly, another quote from a, another researcher, and she also assisted um, in sort of connecting the dots, Miss um, or Dr. Dina um, A. Kolar. She's worked in the past at the Harvard School of Public Health and is the head of research at Net Purpose. She said, quote, uh, the private sector and investors in particular have a unique opportunity to influence how an estimated 2.5 trillion per year can be invested to help achieve the UN sustainable uh, development goals. Investors can use this data-driven replicable model as a guide to make sustainable investments more effectively and efficiently, end quote. And she initiated this uh, research collaboration while at UBS Asset Management. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes, future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support 
is by clicking the second lower link in the show notes of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So I do believe in the power of renewable energy. Um, as you know, or maybe you have heard in previous podcast episodes, like I do support uh, solar energy. I have solar panels, you know, where I live. So I do believe that companies, if they really want to, they can, of course, help you make it easier for you to get on board with renewable energy. Um, as we've learned, there are companies, there are countries out there that are, are producing way more in carbon emissions. So what their impact on the planet is bigger, that's fine. But also if they're willing to shoulder a renewable energy and take that on, then it's going to benefit them more than a place like the U.S. or like they mentioned Brazil and other countries like in Eastern Europe. Um, the bigger your population is, the more that you're going to have to account for how that energy comes about, where it's created from, how you manage that energy, and what resources you're using from the earth, natural or not natural, to, of course, power and have energy for those people. So countries like China and India, they're going to probably benefit most from renewable energy. Um, China actually has overtaken much of the world in its production of solar energy, especially the solar panels. Um, I talked about it in another podcast episode. I think I really went into length about it because I was really applauding them because they've taken over like the U.S., for example, when it comes to uh, solar energy and producing on a mass scale. They used to, um, China, they used to have different types of um, coal-fired fired power plants and used to produce and and create those uh, weekly. Every single week, there was tons of them. But now they're shifting things. And, you know, China is proving to, you know, want to be a global leader, um, at least in the space of energy amongst other sectors that they've, you know, taken over. But I think um, renewable energy just is clearly beneficial. For me, I, I don't think anything else tops that. And so, you know, Will this, you know, framework that we've learned, will this research um, of how it's structured renewable energy in different countries, like where will it do the most good, you know, and, and have the most impact? I wonder that after researching this, you know, will renewable energy companies of the world, will they, will they take on the challenge of if there's other uh, countries that are, you know, neck and neck with China, with India, how will they be able to um, not take hold as in like dominate, but how will they be able to power those countries? Because, you know, there are developed countries of the world, there are developing countries of the world, these developing countries that are trying to get up to speed and they will one day possibly be like developed countries of the world, like Japan, like the USA, like Australia, like England, like other company, like other countries. I keep saying companies, but like other countries. So there's big competition. Not everyone's going to be a small uh, island nation with little power and little money. They're going to grow and we have to be prepared for that. Um, I do think about, you know, climate change as, as it relates to if those countries, small, medium, or whatever, will be around, if they're going to be around by 2030, by 2050. 
Um, and so, you know, that is a really scary thing. If these countries aren't even, you know, going to be around in, you know, 50 years or in 100 years, you know, is the renewable energy to power these countries is going to be worth it? I think so. But we have to solve the issue of climate change. We talked a little bit about that um, earlier within the research, especially with the CO2 emissions. Now, if your country maybe was named, how does your country measure up alongside the data? Are you a part of one of those countries that has a big problem with um, CO2 emissions? You know, there are, in the, in the data, it went into length of some of the countries. And so I want to talk about that briefly, briefly a little bit. Like, for example, um, with this total CO2 emissions from electricity generation um, in 2010, um, it ranged to, so it ranged from about 3.2 billion tons in China to practically zero um, emissions in eight countries. So that's a stark comparison. Um, and then when it came to um, CO2 emissions, they the rates ranged with um, other countries. So for example, in Kosovo, um, it had uh, 1,300 um, tons of CO2 per kilowatt hour, um, but their grid is mainly powered by coal. So it's largely powered by that versus Paraguay. And all of their electricity generation is from hydropower. See, those are two different countries, two different regions. And if Paraguay is powering their country and they have that that power of you know hydropower and Kosovo's by coal. I think Kosovo would benefit largely by getting on the renewable energy train and maybe you know follow in Paraguay's example. You know they're they're two different countries, two different cultures, two different um, populations, and you know makeup of their population have that that density there, but they can learn from each other even though they're worlds apart. Those are just two of the comp uh, countries um, from the research. So there's many others, but I just pulled those examples from there. Um, so as far as big takeaways, you know, I think we can all do our part to just eliminate some of the worst effects of climate change. And we should be able to hold companies and investors uh, accountable for those who support carbon pollution. So we've come to the Mother Earth Minutes, which is where we review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to combat the issue in the episode, and as always, save Mother Earth. Now the message for this episode is that you can have or be a socially responsible company, and you can boister a company's image or they can boister their own image and build their own brand but not only that they can empower consumers customers uh, to stand with a company um, and, and and we can of course help that help them on that end too if they are socially responsible or even if they're not we can decide we have the power uh, in our wallets every single day uh, we here in the U.S., we buy tons of different products that you've seen on uh, Black Friday. For all those who have uh, listened to my uh, previous podcast about alternatives to Black Friday, congrats. I thank you. Um, I did have fun with that episode. Um, so 
I think one of the first important tips amongst the other ones is to sort of evaluate and find um, documents. So these documents are pretty standard um, because they're marked as things like social responsibility, um, environmental impact, annual reporting data, corporate responsibility, um, amongst other types of titles. These are annual reports of companies you know you know and trust. So big uh, companies or even medium or smaller companies they'll have these uh, transparent uh, documents sometimes in their web pages or as documents themselves that you can look over and you can find out the social responsibility or the environmental impact that this company or this organization is having on the planet. So some uh, examples are those like Google and others that I'll talk about. So for Google, um, it's actually achieved 100% uh, renewable energy, its target, they did it back in 2017. And now it's the largest corporate uh, renewable energy purchaser on the planet. And Lego, it has also uh, really done well in making a commitment to reduce its uh, carbon footprint. And it's actually working um, towards 100% renewable energy capacity um, by the year 2030. And they're doing even more to sort of in, uh, shape the way that the company is seen at, is seen as, especially with their environmental, uh, environmentally friendly processes when it comes to the make and manufacture of their Lego. So from their Lego Sustainable uh, Material Center, they've actually tried to find ways that work and you know find uh, sustainable alternatives to their current materials and their packaging. So they're doing their part and they're really, you know, pushing the envelope when it comes to what other companies are maybe doing and they're fixing it right now. They're trying to figure out what what components they can put in their Legos to make them more environmentally friendly. Because we all know uh, the staple Legos block is usually plastic pretty hard. And with a company like Apple, uh, Greenpeace actually named Apple the greenest tech company in the world uh, for three consecutive years. So from 2014 to uh, 2017. And so Apple's doing it big because they're also encouraging other IT partners, information technology partners, um, and they're wanting to, of course, take full advantage of renewable energy. And uh, with Apple, they actually are now uh, manufacturing uh, and having their uh, products have 99% uh, recycled paper um, as far as their packaging. So that's a really amazing feat. And if you want to learn more about uh, what Greenpeace has to say, um, as far as the report that they did that had Apple as the greenest tech company in the world, then uh, you can check out the Clicking uh, Clean, who is winning the race to build a green internet in that uh, 2017 report. Um, and then IKEA, um, they actually have the IKEA Foundation up and running, and so it focuses on uh, plenty of things. But one of the big focuses of, is the circle of prosperity. So it's about funding homes, health, education, um, and then also sustainable income for families. So having uh, income readily readily available for those families need, and make sure they have what they need. Uh, back in 2017, 
um, the foundation actually created this campaign, uh, Brighter Lives for Refugees, and they funded a solar farm to uh, bring renewable power to Jordan's other uh, country, uh, their Azraq uh, refugee camp. So it's pretty cool because it's the first solar uh, plant that was built in a refugee setting, and so it's going to save a bunch of money, about $1.5 million, and it's going to reduce their CO2 emissions um, by uh, 2,370 tons a year. And so those are some really um, known companies that are doing wonderful things um, when it comes to the planet and so their the transparency is there you know I was able to find this information um, online and that's just an example of some of the things you will probably find in a social responsibility report in an environmental impact a report that any company that you can maybe look up or, or trust they'll probably have that online and if they don't have it online you should be questioning them and figuring out if you want to support them or not Number two tip is um, if you want to find more information about um, renewable energy, um, one really great site, which I found, thank goodness, is called altenergymag.com. And that website had about 50 different companies. I know there's probably many more, but this had one of the most comprehensive lists and it has domestic and um, international companies on it. So it has a great mix there um, available. So they have um, you know, companies that are wind focused, more solar um, company focused, and so they have the capacity. And again, these companies are domestic and international. I tried to uh, bridge the gap because Greener uh, Thoughts is international with some of its listeners, so I thought to find a great resource. Um, and so you know, I will leave the link for that in the show notes, it'll be available there. So you have to just make sure that the companies that you care about, um, they have to be continually followed up on and followed through. They have to follow through on what they promise to outline in their plans and the plans that I talked about earlier and you know how they want to go about executing them. The eco-fact of the day is that more than 40% of women with full-time jobs in science either leave the field or go part-time after having their first child. Only 23% of scientist fathers do the same. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the November-December 2019 issue. Greener Thoughts wants to hear your story. You can self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and protects the environment. If you volunteer in or work in an environmental company, either way, let Greener Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please send me a voice message. Just click on the third lower link in the show notes. So we've come to the Eco Company Spotlight. 
This is the time in Green of Thoughts where, of course, if you would like for me to review a environmentally related product or service, you can definitely reach out to me by voicemail or email and you can get your ideas out there about your product or service to me and I'll, of course, review it. Now, um, as you know, I've been reviewing companies uh, that I know and trust, love, I love their products, and they're good, good stuff, and I've been doing so since February uh, 2019. And one of my favorite companies, maybe of all time, is Product Red. So Product Red, or Red, uh, was created by Bono and Bobby Shriver in 2006 to engage millions of people in one of the greatest challenges of our time, the AIDS epidemic. RED was established in 2006 to, of course, drive uh, corporate profits into the global fund to fund AIDS programs in Africa. 100% of RED money goes directly to the global fund. And, of course, since its launch in the spring of 2006, RED has generated over $600 million for the global fund. RED has contributed over $600,000 million to support the global fund with types of HIV AIDS grants in the following countries. Just a sample. So countries like uh, Ghana, Kenya, Loseto, Rwanda. Rwanda, South Africa, uh, Tanzania, and Zambia. RED is a division of the One Campaign, a global movement campaigning to end um, extreme poverty and preventable disease by 2030, so that, of course, everyone everywhere can lead a life of dignity and opportunity. RED is a 501c3, and RED is a division, again, of the One Campaign, also um, a 501c3 organization. Now, to learn more about the partners and companies that work with Product RED um, and what they do, you can, of course, go to www.red.org forward slash partners. RED funds tons of different grants and they support it um, and they use it to create a diverse range of life-saving HIV AIDS programs including prevention, testing, um, counseling, treatment services, uh, sexual reproductive health education, uh, peer mentorship programs, and more. Now as far as their selection of products, with Product Red, they have products from partnering with tons of different brands, some of which like Amazon, Apple, Atelier, EOS, GoFit, MCM, Moleskin, Montblanc, PopGrip, Vespa, and more. Now, if you would like to contact Red, Product Red, you can go ahead and email them at hello at red.org. And also you can mail them at red, capital, R-E-D, in parentheses, headquarters. The headquarters are at 519 8th Street or 8th Avenue, 20th floor, New York, New York, zip code 10018. 
And for me, my experience of Red Products is amazing because I've had a few, um, and namely the um, Timbuktu bag, um, and then the uh, EOS, I had their uh, lip product. So I had really a great time with it because with the um, Timbuktu bag, I went ahead and I had it back and I bought it back in maybe 2011. Um, and so I've had it for a long time and I still have it. And I bought it when I was in school. So um, at university in Penn State and I, I love it. And so it is amazing. First of all, what Product Red does with their unique range of different products. They have sleepwear, accessories, jewelry, apparel, technology. They just have so many different types of products. And what made me fall in love with my Timbuktu bag, my Product Red bag, was the um, difference in look. First of all, it's like a thumbprint on a bag. It's red and black, can't miss it. And it's unique, it's sleek, it's really, really extremely durable. And I, I loved um, what Timbuktu uh, did with the bag because it was different and it was limited edition. And so that's what kind of also uh, draw, drew me to it. And it was $100 and I don't think too many people can find it now. Maybe you can find it maybe on eBay or a different reseller site, but I fell for it. And Timbuktu has amazing quality of bags. I will always try and recommend uh, their bags to anyone who needs a messenger bag. I love it. Um, and so I I knew that their work was sturdy with Timbuktu and you know for them to partner with Product Red, it's just a great um, duo dual there so you know you're giving back to a great cause it gives back money to those in need and it prevents of course the transmission of hiv aids amongst the other things that their grants do uh, for those affected all across the world so product red products can be found online at their website mainly www.red.org forward slash products so you can see their uh, wide selection all in one place of all their products you can also find them in their products uh, also on amazon some of their products um, as well as many other retailers sites um, that have partnered uh, with a product red uh, domestically and also internationally Product Red is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Red, R-E-D, uh, capitalized, and it's also Join Red. Instagram, uh, all lowercase, Red. And they're also on LinkedIn, all capitalized, uh, Red. Uh, maybe in parentheses, you'll find it also as well. And then Twitter, um, R-E-D in Red. And then also uh, YouTube, uh, Red. So last but not least, to go ahead and contact Product Red, you can go to their site, red.org or www.red.org forward slash FAQS dash contact or you can just click FAQs and contact under the section All Things Red at the bottom of their website to contact them. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this uh, episode from Greener Thoughts. And I'm so happy to, you know, get to uh, switch up things, especially with um, when the terms of, you know, research, as you may have seen, especially in the, in the podcast description. That's my background. 
Um, and so I do love uh, getting back to that. And so I had fun with the different lists um, in uh, November 2019 with all those uh, episodes there. And so it was really fun to bring things around and talk about the impacts, uh, CO2 impacts, renewable energy, um, and how companies can, of course, do their part and do more, especially uh, those who uh, who are in bigger countries with a lot of people and how they impact our planet really, really uh, vastly. So thank you. Please share uh, this episode if you feel so inclined. It could really help someone else, maybe in one of the countries that I talked about, uh, for or maybe for you know those who are involved in the climate science, climate research, uh, renewable energy sectors, the like. So thank you, and I hope you tune in for my next podcast episode coming up soon. But until then, you all take care.